But also, yeah. I call shenanigans because, like, no way a group of three men asked for directions. <laughs> <laughs> you right, though. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, an evergreen podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. In this holiday-themed episode, we are going to cover some spooky or at least unusual Christmas folklore and traditions that Paige and I weren't able to get to last year. Before we get to that, we have to do something spooky. So Paige... (laughs) Has anything spooky happened to you since we recorded last? No, nothing spooky. (laughs) Nothing spooky. Just generally life is insane. (laughs) Just generally barely hanging on. (laughs) But but yeah, other than that, nothing spooky. (laughs) My mental health is in shambles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, what about you? Anything spooky? No. I'm, <laughs> I had a something spooky. I just recorded two days ago. So I had a something spooky for that. And I don't, nothing has happened in two days to be spooky. I'm just very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to be off work for Christmas. <laughs> the spooky science sisters are doing well right now. Yeah, but not spooky, but exciting. You are, as of like, whenever you finish your last exam later this evening, you are done with your first year of grad school. I know. It's crazy. It's flown by. Yep. Now get the rest of it over with so I have a full-time host again. (laughs) Just one more year of suffering. (laughs) We've done pretty well, though. Well, really, we, you've done pretty well. I I ain't done shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, no. I'm doing it on school. I'm not saying yeah because you, you have done enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, as in yeah. But we talked about this last time. We've gotten out a decent number of episodes. We're doing all right, and I <laughs> am excited to just like wrap it up with a lighthearted, spooky Christmas one to send out the year. <laughs> I love spooky Christmas episodes. <laughs> I They're know. Fun. <laughs> and like every year I think, oh, we're going to get to the rest of the stuff that we didn't mm-hmm. talk about before. Nope, still didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will get us started because the first thing I want to do is loop back around to St. Nicholas's necromancy powers. <laughs> Heck Yeah. <laughs> That I mentioned in the pagan Christmas episode that you guys have already heard that I recorded with Tyson. That's what I recorded two days ago. So I've really got spooky pagan Christmas on the brain right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot of religious history, Paige. So to catch you up, and I'm pretty sure I sent you this meme, but to catch you up and anyone who has not listened to that other episode yet. So St. Nicholas, who eventually becomes Santa Claus that we know today. Gets combined with a couple other traditions and then becomes Santa Claus. But one of his supposed miracles was that he resurrected 
three children who, during a time of famine, had been killed by a butcher who then placed them in a pickling barrel so that he might sell them to people as ham. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So despite there being absolutely no historical merit to this story, when... It was first being told, this is like from the medieval period, people loved it. And there's a bunch of artwork depicting it. It's a whole thing. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought this is really funny because we've been saying for years now, like I think we first said this like back in our boogeyman episode, which was like episode five of the podcast or something that... Was it really that long ago? Yeah, it was one of the first at a maximum 10 episodes when we did the Man episode. But we brought up that Santa Claus like meets the general criteria for a boogeyman. And then I was just so tickled that it's like, well, turns out that he might also be a necromancer. (laughs) 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 I'm just wondering, like, are the elves actually his like legion of the undead? Which I'm pretty sure elves are fairies, so like there should be there could be some fucked up shit going on there. <laughs> There's definitely some fucked up shit going on yes. there. <laughs> okay. So I made a TikTok video about it. Surprise, surprise. Which happens <laughs> anytime. I think something is like entertaining folklore-wise. But a couple of people left comments asking if it was the origin of the German Christmas pickle tradition, (laughs) which, like, I know that you know what that is because Stephen and I have a Christmas pickle. (laughs) Yeah, and we actually learned about it in German class when I was in high school. Well, there you go. For those who are unfamiliar, this is a tradition where parents hide a pickle-shaped ornament (laughs) somewhere in the tree on Christmas Eve, and whoever finds it first on Christmas morning either gets like a special gift or they're the one who gets to open the first gift that morning. So it is like a very wholesome tradition. It's cute and fun. You know, our daughter has a lot of fun with it. And it's like, obviously my initial thought when people were asking about this was like, absolutely no way. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to be at all related? But turns out that it might be the origin of the Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, what the fuck, people? Okay. (laughs) So I looked up and really nobody knows. There's like a couple things about it. When you buy the pickle, it has like this story about it being like an old world German tradition, possibly. But I guess like a lot of German people like don't even know it's a thing. So it's also possible that it was just like invented by stores that were selling glass ornaments and like had some extra pickles or like wanted to attract German immigrants or something. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so they made up a story for it. Uh, there's also some story about it being like a Civil War prisoner who like all he got to eat was pickles or something. So, yeah, it's like it became an ornament to commemorate that. But USA Today did an article about the possible origins, and they listed the St. Nicholas 
pickled children story as a possibility. <laughs> so <laughs> the Christmas pickle version is nicer because they say that it's a Victorian story about an evil innkeeper who has trapped two children in a barrel of pickles and St. Nicholas saves them. But like, it is absolutely derived from the earlier medieval story where the butcher <laughs> kills them and like puts them in brine to pickle them to sell them as ham. And that is just the most wild thing that that might be the origin for the Christmas pickle. <laughs> huh. I mean, right? I was like, this is such a wholesome, adorable tradition. No fucking way. Like, that can't be. <laughs> That's kind of stupid. <laughs> well, it's the origin I'm going with. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I kind of like it, but it's like, <laughs> it's sort of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, like all of them are ridiculous, though. Like the Civil War guy only getting pickles to eat and then yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I get I forget how that one goes. Like he gives pickles to other people. I have no idea how it gets turned into the Christmas pickle ornament. <laughs> but that's hilarious. Yes, I had to wrap back around to it because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you should go next, I think. Sweet. So, yeah, I'm going to tell the story then of La Befana, who is the Italian Christmas witch. And you said that a lot of pe people recommended this one, I imagine, through TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> something. Yeah, through social media. And it was like either when we posted like promo stuff for previous Christmas episodes or I posted like a spooky Christmas video or something like that. Yeah, like I had a bunch of people bring up La Bifana and I was like, oh, cool, spooky Christmas witch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. So did you know anything about her before this? No, no. Okay. And like literally until I typed it in here like the other day and found one source and pasted it in here, that was like the first that I had really read into it at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I do follow everyone's suggestions just sometimes many months later. <laughs> Yeah, so I also didn't know. And like I think you said, Italian Christmas Witch, like I expected it to be sort of spooky. Yeah. And it's not. It's just adorable. Yeah. So La Befana is an Italian mythical character. She is an old lady with witch-like features. She has a pointed chin and a long nose. And she travels on her broomstick on the eve of Epiphany, which is January 6th. And much like Santa Claus, she visits the homes of children, comes down the chimney, and fills their stockings with toys and treats for the good kids or garlic and coal for the naughty children. 
Yeah. But also, like, if anybody wants to give me a bunch of garlic, like, any day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and there are several versions of her origin story. However, what seems to be the most common version is that she is linked with the journey of the three wise men to see infant Jesus. So along the way, the story goes that they get lost and run into an old woman who they ask for directions. The old woman did not know where to go, but offered them a place to stay. The following morning, the three wise men asked the old woman if she wants to join them on the remainder of their journey to which she declined. Legend has it that later she's got a change of heart and she's starting to wish that she had gone with the men. So she goes out looking for them and can't find them and has since been searching for the baby, going to homes with children and offering them gifts in hopes that one day she would find baby Jesus. Oh, yeah. Or I also read that it was just like, yeah, like her making up for not getting to give baby Jesus gifts. So she gives other kids gifts. <laughs> Very which sweet. Which is nice. But also yeah. I call shenanigans because like no way a group of three men asked for directions. <laughs> 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 you right though <laughs> dude okay so we're re-watching the bear right now okay and we just got through i think it's the second episode where they go to the hardware store and they're looking there shouldn't be any spoilers here people but they're going to go to a hardware <laughs> store and one of the characters is refusing to ask for help because like it's a hardware store, so he feels he should know where everything is and, like, what he needs. <laughs> I swear to you, that is Elliot every time we walk into, like, <laughs> Menards or Home Depot. He'll, like, walk around in circles trying to find something. And I'm like, can we just ask, please? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Elliot wants to be, like, Ron Swanson going through Home Depot. <laughs> like, I know more than you. <laughs> but, like, really, so he annoying. needs help. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Elliot. <laughs> Elliot always gets thrown under the bus. <laughs> so yeah, that's really I mean, that's really the story. There are still festivals to celebrate her, and there's a cute little children's song that translates to La Bifana comes by night with her shoes all torn, with her patches on her skirt. Hooray, hooray for La Bifana. <laughs> that is cute i assume it like rhymes if it's in italian <laughs> yeah i'm sure it does but i yeah. figured i wasn't gonna attempt that <laughs> yeah i know i think it's really sweet and i also like it because it's like a little extra feminine aspect to the holiday you know yeah yeah. Uh, okay. So I have a comment on this because we have a book. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I told you about this you the have. other day. Okay. <laughs> well, now everybody has to hear about it. So we have a book called The Legend of the Christmas Witch. And it is a children's book that Aubrey Plaza helped write, like actress Aubrey Plaza. Uh, and I... I'm totally blanking who, like, her co-author is, so sorry to that dude. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> so we got it because, like, we thought this is going to be, like, I don't know, like, sort of like a witchy, feminine, like, Christmassy kind of story, and it would be, fu like, a fun extra thing to share with our kid. And 
I really thought that it would be like sort of like what La Bafana actually is. Like it's like a right. nice witch who's delivering presents to kids or there's something, whatever. But like where it actually ends up, and like sorry, this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't read the Christmas witch. It ends up though, like her, so she is the like long lost twin sister of Santa Claus. And she's like searching for Santa Claus over all these years because she wants to find her brother. Uh, she finally does. And he's like, no, people think you're too different. So like, they're not going to want to have you around. But it's like, Jesus Christ, Santa Claus, like, <laughs> give it a rest and be nice to your sister. But she gets real pissed. And like, it ends up with this sort of like terrifying message at the end that she has been like frozen into some sort of icy tomb in Antarctica. And global warming is melting her out of it. And like, we don't know if she's going to come back to destroy Christmas or if she'll learn to be good again. <laughs> Like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> That's the message at the end. I was like, this is not heartwarming. <laughs> this is more of a tale of, like, feminine rage. <laughs> is it a children's book? Uh, I mean, it's like, like, it's illustrated and written like it's a children's book. I think it's supposed to be a children's book, unless I'm totally mistaken, and it's like... Written like a children's book, but it's meant for adults. Because it doesn't really sound like a children's book. (laughs) (laughs) And to give it its due, like, it is well-written. The illustrations are really beautiful. Like, for the first, like, third of the book, I was like, I am into this. Like, Santa Claus has a long-lost sister who is, like, doing witchy stuff in the woods. And, like, she's all in tune with nature. Like, this is great. And then it was like, nope, she's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And also, Santa Claus is kind of a dick. Yeah. Is it just, does it leave you on like a cliffhanger? Yeah. Literally, like it sort of like implies that the ice is melting, which like I assume is like a global warming reference. And you don't know if she's going to come back and try to destroy Christmas. Is there going to be a sequel? Or not? I don't know. I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) We need to write Aubrey Plaza and ask what happens. I mean, I'm kind of stressed out about it, so <laughs> I think Alice didn't really know what was going on, so she was just kind of like, okay, okay, guess that book's done. That was long. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't talk about it much after that, because I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this messaging. <laughs> We're not ready for this yet, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that was a it was a weird book, and I was I really wanted something heartwarming, and that was not. What I <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Google right now. Is the Christmas Witch the oh shit? Is the Legend of the Christmas Witch a true story? Jesus Christ, people! <laughs> um, a children's book. Other people have Googled this. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Yeah, it literally says, like, reading age, five to nine years, 
Jeez. Grade level kindergarten to three. Wait, there is a second book. Oh shit, there is. The Return of the Christmas Witch. Fuck, I gotta is buy it now. Dan Murphy is the. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I need to know. <gasps> I see it. And you can apply a two dollar coupon right now. So I can, and I'm gonna do it because I need to know. <laughs> yeah, you need to. <laughs> you need to provide updates on the next episode. On the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you guys know, but this is absolutely worth my nine dollars. <laughs> In the highly anticipated follow up of the best selling, The Legend of the Christmas Witch. <laughs> yeah, it is highly anticipated because you guys made her into a monster. Oh no, now it's gonna be her taking okay, listen to this, you guys. <laughs> After centuries trapped in her icy chamber, the snow is finally melting and Chris Dorn awakes. She finds that the holiday she loved is now controlled by the mysterious Kringle Corporation. <laughs> oh no <laughs> She embarks on a journey to a world unknown to her where she meets the inventive young Poppy and sweet old reindeer Donner, who agree to help her restore Christmas to its former glory. Little do they know that she wants more than order. She wants revenge. (laughs) What? (laughs) So, like, now we're taking on the commercialization of Christmas? What is is happening? dead in the sequel? All right. Well, I'm ordering this right now because I absolutely have to know. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about Mary Lloyd. Mary Lloyd. And in case you haven't Googled Mary Lloyd yet, like just just Google it because you have to see what she looks like. It is a wassailing tradition, which is like essentially caroling. So people give you like drinks and food uh, that comes out of Wales. Uh, And first, I fully admit that I had to Google where and what Wales is. (laughs) That's fine. We've all done it. (laughs) So for those of you who are also geographically challenged, (laughs) like I knew generally it was associated with like England or the UK, but Mm -hmm. I had no idea like, where is it? Is it its own country? Whatever. Sure. Um, Yes. So it is a country that is on the southwestern side of the island that, you know, it's encompassed by the UK. So now we know that. We feel better. Uh, (laughs) So basically this tradition is that villagers parade around a horse skull with Christmas ornament balls for eyes on a stick. And they go door to door singing songs and exchanging rhymes or riddles with the homeowner with the goal of being let in for food and drinks. And it is said to be good luck for Mary and her crew to make it into your house. So the Mary Lloyd, like it's a it's a horse skull on a stick. Like it is kind of terrifying looking, <laughs> but it actually sounds like it would be super fun like you just engage in a rap battle with a dead horse and then everyone has drinks together (laughs) (laughs) okay but here's what i'm gonna say i've been asking you to go caroling with me for years and that's not that different listen and you're always like okay but you asked me to go caroling you did not say let's parade around a horse head and freak people out. Fine. Sold. Let's do it. Dude, can you imagine trying to do that around here? Nobody would know what was happening. Okay. But like Krampus laughs, like the Krampus run parades are becoming a thing 
in the U.S., so I think that Mary Lloyd should become a thing. I don't. I'm not arguing with you. I just. I, I just thought, can't imagine rolling up to someone's door with this head, and <laughs> yeah. them just being like, "Okay, <laughs> this is fine." I think in your neighborhood, because you all your neighbors are like so festive and fun. I think they would like be into it. Like they would want to hear the story and stuff of it. And my neighborhood would just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Let's try it <laughs> next year. I'm, a, yeah. I'm serious, man. <laughs> yeah. I did think like, I just wanted to get one and then like stake it in my front yard. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if I get the police called on me. Tie it around. Uh, Ari. Oh, Steven could 3d print us the head. That's true. Okay. Ideas are coming together. Uh, Okay. So, anyway, Paige, it sounds like it would be fun. Um, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So, as for where this comes from, people basically don't know. uh, And that even... (laughs) They don't. Uh, Even when it comes to the name, some think Mary Lloyd is meant to translate to gray mare. And I think that's, like, more, like, what it literally translates to um, and is a reference to other pale horses that appear in Welsh and British folklore. Some think that it translates to Grey or Holy Mary and references a legend related to the nativity story about a pregnant mare who was forced to leave the stable so Mary and Joseph could use the space. And I was like, that's fucking rude. You kicked a pregnant horse out? Like, and then it's like the story's like the horse has to like wander around to find another safe place oh, no. to have her baby. And I Poor was like, um, do we not see the problem here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the first written record of the tradition is pretty recent. It's from a book published around 1800 about traveling through Wales. Some interpret the Mary Lloyd as a pre-Christian tradition that was given a Christian association as it spread across, as Christianity spread across the region. Uh, And then, like, over time, it's just sort of lost any religious connotation it had, and it's just become more of, like, a fun tradition that people do. But yeah, if you listen to our last episode, like, everyone loves to be like, it was pagan and Christianity stole it. So this is, like, a more chill interpretation of that. So I'm proud of you, whales.com. Um, <laughs> uh, there are other traditions, which like, what is happening over there, you guys? There are other traditions of parading around a hooded animal in Britain, including the hoodening in Kent and the old top in Derbyshire. So whales.com suggested that the animal skull in these traditions and like i couldn't couldn't tell for sure if they're talking about like all these traditions or just mary lloyd but that they were meant to be a bit intimidating or menacing with groups of the poor going door to door performing for food and money so that all the people inside the homes would see before opening the door was like this looming shadow of the skull (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's kind of (laughs) spooky. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Wales, but there's there's like a lot of spooky Christmas winter folklore there, which I guess like, you know, you're sort of in like northern 
Europe and it's dark and cold a lot of the year. So you're probably going to have some spooky folklore. (laughs) But a couple of other examples. Paige is literally just Googling pictures (laughs) of (laughs) hooded animal figures and posting them in the notes right now. Like the funniest ones that she finds. (laughs) That's the old tup. Oh. In Derbyshire. I like it. Uh, I think it's Derbyshire, Paige. Uh- <laughs> Dar- oh, wait, Derbyshire. Gosh darn it. <laughs> okay. A couple of other examples. Focus. <laughs> they say that white caps on waves are horses that are being ridden into shore by the ghosts of those lost at sea. That is grim. And that when the Christmas or Yule log is burning in the hearth, the shadows that the light casts on the walls will be in the shape of those who will die within a year. (laughs) (laughs) That's very spooky. I know. (laughs) So Wales has some spooky folklore, but I love Mary Lloyd and I, yeah. I want to go. I'm ready. Let's go wassailing. (laughs) (laughs) Wassailing and mumming. (laughs) Well, you have one more to tell us about. Yeah. A short one. Another one that like, I'm annoyed that I had never, nobody ever told me about this. Yeah, this one I knew about. So suck it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're talking about spiders and spider webs on Christmas trees. And there are several variations of what's believed to be a Ukrainian legend, and they're all adorable. Like, there are def- a bunch of different stories about how this good luck spider in the tree became a thing. Uh, and so I found three different stories that I thought were really cute that I would tell really fast. Um, so the first is the story of a widow who lived in a small hut with her children. One day, a pine cone fell on the ground and a tree began to grow. This left the widow excited because she hoped that if they took care of it, they would have a tree in time for Christmas. And she was right. But when Christmas came around, the widow did not have enough money to decorate the tree. When they woke up on Christmas Day, a spider had covered the tree in cobwebs. The early morning light hit the cobwebs, causing them to glisten in silver and gold. The story goes that after that day, the family never lived in poverty again. Next is a similar story to the first. It's one of a mother who went into the forest to get her children a Christmas tree. When she got home, she learned that a spider and her babies were living in the tree. But she chose not to forest them out. She she was kind to these spiders, so she left the spiders to live in peace in the tree. Uh, But the mother did not have enough money to decorate the tree, so the spiders spun sparkling webs all over the tree for them to wake up to on Christmas morning. I know, very sweet. Very nice. And then the third is quite a bit different. Santa Claus is the hero here, really. But Santa drops down the (laughs) chimney of a home on Christmas Eve to find a tree completely covered in sad gray spider webs. Hmm. Uh, Santa did not want to make the spiders leave, but he didn't want to make the children sad when they saw the tree covered in the webs. So he magically turned the webs into gold and silver strands, which, yeah, is like tinsel. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really think this is where like the whole tinsel thing comes from, but um, it's not. 
I don't think so. Oh, I it didn't it seem like it. Okay. But I mean, it could, I guess, like, hold on. Yeah, it's there's some debate, but tinsel is thought to have originated in Germany in the 1600s. Everything originates in Germany when it comes to Christmas. But like, I'm not clear that there's any reason for it. Okay. Just sparkly. that relates to this story. Yeah. Other than it just like being sparkly and yeah. pretty. But the thing that did come from this is similar to the pickle, people will hang spider ornaments in their tree. And having a spider ornament in your tree is considered good luck. Yeah. So I knew about this because in grade school, we had like an art activity where we made a Christmas spider ornament uh, and then they like sent us home with that and like a bag of tinsel to put on our Christmas tree. And I think my parents still have my Christmas spider, but yeah. That's how I knew about it. Man. <laughs> I mean, regardless of whether or not like tinsel came from this story, uh-huh. like it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like right? a nice you reason know. to use yeah. tinsel. Yeah. In like memory of that story. So like, that's why right. I thought that tinsel had come from it because we, I remember getting the bag of tinsel to go with it. So. Gotcha. Well, now I'm just pissed that I never had a spider. Mm. A ornament. Well, maybe Santa will bring you a Christmas spider this year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now all I hear is like nightmare stories about <laughs> people finding <laughs> bugs on their Christmas trees that they brought indoors. Oh, yeah. While I was looking this up, that's like, I, like half of what I found was people being like, why are there bugs on my tree? Yeah, I'm sure that people bring in like <laughs> spiders that hatch. I've recently seen like someone ended up with a possum in their Christmas tree. It's uh, kind of fun. An owl in their Christmas tree. I think people have brought in squirrels before. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> They're chilly. Well, yeah. I mean, their home got cut down. Like, I'm going to hang on for dear life and see where it right. takes me. <laughs> anyway. Yay, Christmas. Yay, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is it. We will see you guys next year. So Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you do or do not celebrate. <laughs> Merry whatever. (laughs) Uh, Happy New Year. And that's all for 2023. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode on spooky Christmas. Join us next time for episode 75 when we'll actually talk about Salem. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. Check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts, our Discord server, and Patreon. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookyScienceSisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening, stay spooky, and happy holidays. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here 
Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. 